Hi, friends. Welcome to the Get Off Your Affirmation podcast. I'm Leona Evans, and I'm here today, as always, with my son and co-host, Matthew J. Evans. Hi, I'm glad to be here. Well, I'm glad you're here, too. We've got a lot to talk about today. Yeah, a really interesting topic. Uh, A little controversial for some people, but I think it'll be really interesting to get into. Absolutely. Well, we were talking about the anger that's being expressed in our world today. We want to discuss another direction that this anger is taking and see how we can work with these ideas and be part of a solution You know, there's no doubt in my mind that this seemingly relentless display of anger in our world is our shadow being forced into the light. Now, for those of you who are not familiar with the concept of the shadow in human consciousness, let's give you a brief overview. In the course of our socialization process, when we're small children, we're taught which behaviors are acceptable or not for the society in which we live. Once we realize that our behaviors and our words have certain consequences and we're being perceived as bad people, we stop doing them. Yes, but just because we stop doing them doesn't mean they disappear. After all, we need to remember that energy cannot be created or destroyed, just changed in form. So even though our behavior changes, if the energy hasn't been transformed, It becomes buried in our unconscious phase of mind where it continues to accumulate information. We call this level of consciousness the shadow. If this shadow energy is not addressed and healed within us, it will accumulate to the point where we can't keep it under wraps. In other words, there is so much unacknowledged emotion that it bursts forth from us, often in disturbing and frightening ways. When this happens, we find ourselves lashing out at others, blaming them for what is wrong in our lives. This is called projection. This is one of the most lethal ways our shadow can manifest. Projection is when we become convinced that the characteristics we have pushed into our own shadow now belong exclusively to others. Projection can occur toward an individual or groups of individuals, and we say, they're the enemy. They're the ones that have the problem. They must be stopped. They must be destroyed. We also need to remember that there is something called the collective shadow as well. This is a compilation of all the repressed emotions from people around the world. When the collective shadow of humanity becomes too great to bear, it bursts forth on a collective level. We see people projecting onto others, countries condemning other countries, cultures and races being scapegoated, and individuals who, for whatever reason, cannot or will not acknowledge their own dark side, become mobs of people intent on eliminating their enemies by force. And while it's hard for us to accept that our so-called civilized world is still plagued by an unredeemed shadow— Let's remember that what we call civilization takes place at the level of behavior. The shadow acts at the level of unbridled emotion. Now, we'll discuss more about how to work with our own shadow in constructive ways, but for now, let's talk about what I believe is one of the aspects of the shadow projection called cancel culture. Cancel culture is a form of boycott. It's the removal or canceling of a person, organization, 
product or anything that a community or group disapproves of or finds offensive. In today's world, this canceling is often performed on social media in the forms of group shaming. However, if we think about it, we realize that in the history of human development, canceling or shaming has been taking place for a very long time. In biblical times, individuals transgressing even the most insignificant of laws were stoned to death without even a trial to prove themselves not guilty. People have been burned at the stake on the assumption that they did something deemed to be unforgivable. From Joan of Arc to the so-called witches in Salem, people have been unleashing their shadow on others, condemning them for acts that they might not have committed. Our history books and films are filled with scenes of groups of people with clubs and knives, guns and bombs, looking to smite their enemy and clear the world of darkness and evil. Now we're doing it with words. Now, keep in mind, I have no problem with the concept of boycotting. For example, in 2016, a number of actors boycotted the Academy Awards because they believed that black actors were not given equal consideration. The following year, the Academy chose to be more mindful of this inequality, and they made necessary changes to rectify it. The actors then chose to lift their boycott because their mission had been accomplished. Throughout history, nonviolent boycotts have been successful in bringing problems to public attention in order to make changes. Now, once the changes were made, there was no reason to continue the boycott. And see, I see cancel culture to be very different. Today, cancel culture bears a strong relationship to the collective shadow at work. When individuals are canceled, there seems to be nothing they can do about it. Even if they apologize, it doesn't seem to be enough for the cancelers. They've committed an unforgivable sin and need to be punished forever. In other words, they're canceled permanently. Yes, and I think that's what's dangerous about it. Now, according to mental health professionals, the problem not only affects those who are canceled, but the bystanders as well, including children. People are becoming anxious that they'll say one wrong thing that will ruin their lives. They're becoming paranoid that someone will find out about something that happened in their past and their lives will be over as far as their reputations are concerned. Others are concerned about speaking their minds in the workplace because they might reap the consequences of being canceled. Children are afraid they'll be ostracized by their peers if they make one mistake. As a result, they've been observed to be quieter and more reluctant to talk about their feelings. Now, we're not suggesting that we as individuals shouldn't be called out for our mistakes or transgressions. I think that's really important, don't you, Matthew? Yeah, I agree. I think there's a lot of uh, important value to, to boycotting or calling uh, people or organizations out on, on really uh, uh, troubling things that occur. But what we are saying when we choose to punish people permanently without benefit of dialogue, we're essentially robbing the person of the opportunity to learn from their mistakes or get important feedback that could possibly alter their point of view. In terms of dealing with the shadow, both personal and collective, there's much work to do. We each have the opportunity to search our souls for unredeemed anger and fear. As frightening as that might sound, the alternative is much worse.
However, this is where prayer and meditation comes in. Sitting in the quiet, remembering that our source, the living spirit of truth, God, is the principle of unconditional love. Thinking about some of the issues that might be part of our individual shadow and bringing them up to be embraced and healed can be invaluable to the process of owning our own shadow. Of course, this is challenging work, but if we can get ourselves to a place of self-acceptance, we'll have done much toward healing not only what's inside of us, but actually the world. What we do affects others in ways that are almost too much to grasp. It's like the butterfly effect, where over a time, a small event has the potential to profoundly influence events in the future. The butterfly effect states that everything in existence is connected, and that one component cannot help but affect the entirety of the other components which comprise the universe. The butterfly effect is like a ripple in the water. It begins with one small ripple before turning into a chain reaction of many ripples. We need to keep this in mind, otherwise it's too easy to sink into the apathetic viewpoint that says, I'm only one person, there's nothing I can do to make a difference. But fortunately, there is. What if each one of us looked inside ourselves, found an aspect of our shadow, embraced it with the power of unconditional love within us, and realized that we're making an important contribution to healing the world? The consciousness of our planet needs to be lifted to a place where we understand how we can work together in more effective ways. When there's too much shadow buildup, we can't see our way out. Our spiritual teachings give us opportunities to practice owning our own shadow and engaging in the process of self-acceptance. We need to call on our divine faculty of faith, one of our spiritual gifts, to know that this healing process is possible. And we need to call upon our divine faculty of will, another spiritual gift, to actually commit to making this change. And always, we need to remember the ever-present power of the unconditional love of spirit that can comfort us through this process. As we begin our practice of meditation, let us remember that our goal in life is not as a human being searching for a spiritual experience. We are spiritual by nature, with our goal being to embrace our humanity. The shadow builds strength because we have believed that our humanity has stood in the way of our becoming more spiritual. We feel we have to hide our mistakes and our weaknesses because that makes us less than good. However, the opposite is true. Through embracing our wholeness, we not only find strength and power we didn't know we had, but we find our hidden talents and spiritual gifts as well. This is such an important work. Can you imagine what a wonderful world it would be when right in the middle of an argument with someone whom we believe to be the enemy or someone whom we believe has really hurt us to say, wait a minute, I own part of this. I'm 
part of the problem, and I was thinking you were all of the problem, but I'm part of the problem too, and why don't we just sit down and discuss our mutual responsibility? Can you imagine how incredible that would be? Yes, it would be a, it would be quite a wonderful experience, but often our ego keeps getting in the way uh, of experiencing that. Exactly. And that's where we need to look to the butterfly effect. That's where we need to see that there is something we can do about it because there are times when I'll be sitting there watching the news on television and listening to the inflammatory remarks that one politician will make to another, and it's as though there's no such thing as rational conversation anymore. And when we hear this, and I've heard from from too many other people as well, that this is very enervating. It can make us depressed, and we feel that all the energy is being drained out of us, and we think, what difference does it make? What difference can I make? But we can, and we need to remember that. We can make a difference. Every time we have a transformation of energy in our own consciousness, we are essentially lifting the consciousness, and everyone can feel it. And so what we need to do is make an effort to interact with as many people as we can from a conscious awareness that we are bringing our shadow into the light. We're taking responsibility for our own issues. And in this way, we are making more of a difference than we can possibly imagine. There is a powerful truth by a wonderful teacher and mystic named Richard Rohr. He says, God calls us to take the path of inner truth, and that means taking responsibility for everything that's in you, for what pleases you and for what you are ashamed of. In the spiritual life, nothing goes away. There's no heavenly garbage dump. Everything belongs. End quote. As we reclaim our shadow, we'll begin to see how effortless it's been to see our own shortcomings in other people. The more we loathe or fear a particular characteristic in others, the more likely it is that we've disowned it in ourselves. For example, I don't have control issues, she has control issues. Or, what do you mean I'm defensive, you're the one that's defensive? Perhaps our projection even extends to being prejudiced against those who are prejudiced. Unless we take serious steps to own our own shadow, we will always be at odds with others and with ourselves. We're so used to dualistic thinking in which people are perceived as nice or mean, good or bad, strong or weak. We need to move to a more spiritually mature mindset in which we can accept both our light and dark sides with equanimity. This is a major paradigm shift, and it requires tremendous self-honesty and stamina. However, as we make a sincere effort towards self-acceptance, we'll be supported and nurtured by divine love. 
As we learn to own our shadow, we become liberated from feelings of shame and blame. We allow ourselves to feel our authentic feelings and take responsibility for expressing them appropriately. We are aware that the shadow is created every day and are committed to doing our shadow work on a regular basis. This work includes journaling, meditating, self-knowledge exercises, rituals, and any other efforts that will help us stay balanced. The more able we are to accept ourselves in our entirety, the broader our range of acceptance will become. We'll learn to discern more about group dynamics and behaviors within organizational structures. We'll become aware of how projection and scapegoating take place within communities. We can take an objective look at history and discover patterns of human behaviors where we didn't see them before. As our paradigm shifts, we'll no longer see deliberate evil in the world. Instead, we'll see a universal soul ignorantly divided against itself. Secure within ourselves, we will no longer have the need to engage in power struggles, either personally or politically. We will see that it's not more money, stronger leaders, or more sophisticated technology that will make the greatest global impact. It's the knowledge and acceptance of our own divinity. The following poem was inspired by the famous Prayer of St. Francis, which begins, Lord, make me an instrument of thy peace. This version is an affirmative prayer of thanksgiving, one that empowers us to make a positive and powerful contribution to our future. May it be a blessing and an inspiration for you. Lord, within me, I give thanks that I am an instrument of internal and global peace. Where there is hatred, I reach inward for self-acceptance. Where there is injury, I look for value and meaning. Where there is doubt and despair, I lift my vision in faith. Where there is darkness, I seek the light. Divine Master of the universe, which indwells and sustains me, I am grateful for the gifts of compassion, wisdom, and love that I share willingly with others. For it is in giving that I receive. It is in uniting all aspects of my consciousness that I see the Spirit of God everywhere present. It is in dying to the fragmented self that I become free to express all that I was created to be. Friends, as you face your future with inner strength and spiritual poise, remember this. You are a unique and valuable human being, worthy of respect, worthy of success, and worthy of love. Accept this truth and live your life to the fullest. Thanks so much for listening to the Get Off Your Affirmation podcast. Please feel free to get in touch with us on our website, getoffyouraffirmation.com, or on our Facebook page. We really look forward to hearing from you. Thanks. Friends, have a wonderful week. You deserve it. <laughs>